stay close this morning. Amen. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I had the uh, privilege of marrying a couple in this church. And I thought about the whole ceremony after I got done, and I think, thought to myself, that might be the most I ever stood still anytime I talked to somebody in my entire life. Um, anyway, isn't God good? Amen. Is it okay this morning if we just let God be God? And is it okay with you if this service going forward doesn't maybe look quite like what it normally does? Is that all right? Amen. So, Father God, I just thank you that you're already here. I thank you that you're in our midst, Jesus. And we give you absolute permission to do whatever it is that you want to do in this moment. Lay down everything that I wanted to say, and I surrender to your will, Father. We surrender to your will, Lord, and we just ask that you begin to continue to shift this environment, God. If we sat through this service and didn't have any expectation, would you begin to shift our expectation, Father God? That with you all things are possible, and that through you all things are possible, God. So God, now we just uh, leave this in your hands, these words, these scriptures, Whatever it is that you might want to bring and do in this moment, we leave them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, I had the privilege of just, for a short moment, sharing my heart with you guys and just kind of being real. But I, I want to clue you in on a little bit more of what was going on. Because actually, last week, I was supposed to be preaching. And uh, it's funny. Um... During the week, I was praying like, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do in this service? So I'm speaking of not of this service, but last week's service. Anyway, while I was driving to work one day, he gave me a vision. Um, kind of scary because I was driving. <laughs> but I saw it. And I shared it with Pastor. And anyway, as you all know, I didn't preach last week, and it was quite all right, but the, the reality of that is, is the enemy was just fighting everything that was happening here last week. The Lord had his way, but there was a great war going on because God was preparing our hearts, right? If you weren't here, how many were here last week, by the way? Quite a few of you were here last week. Well, if you weren't here last week, God just showed up in a big way and challenged our church through a word from a prophet and I don't have time to get into all that today for the sake of time, but really just challenge us um, from a spirit of kind of being apathetic and challenging us to move out of that place of complacency and come alive and come awake in him. And so that's what we did last week. We spent time repenting, and we did that. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. How many that were here were grateful for that moment? Was it challenging to you, though? Because, like, this is where I want to be real. Like, through that whole service, there was a myriad of emotions for me. At times, like, my flesh wanted to run right up out of here. I'm not, I'm just being real. Like, that's what happens when you're flesh. But I'm like, flesh, you don't get to run me. I'm a child of God, and I give way to the Spirit of God. And then you surrender, and then you feel His Spirit, and then you sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit and not condemnation at that moment, and then you surrender to the conviction. Then God can do what it is He wants to do in you, and that's what happened uh, for me, and so 
uh, I'm thankful for that service and what happened, but it was really a divine appointment because what happened last week is just a precursor that I think that he wants to do today and what he wants to continue to do uh, in you guys. So I hope that you know um, in my heart that when I speak, I just give it to you plain because that's the only way I know how to do it. Amen. So I want to share with you this vision real quick. We'll move forward and we'll just let Holy Spirit um, do what he wants to do. So I'm driving in my car. Um, I work in Ottoville. So I run out 115 over to 30 and then that way up 66 into Ottoville. So you kind of got a road map in your mind now of what I do. And so I'm cruising down 30. I got my cruise control set so I don't speed. It's easy to do on that road, um, but I'm cruising down, and I'm praying about actually last week's service. God, what do you want to do? Anyway, I began to see this vision, and I saw rows of people lined up in our church right down these aisles, like people just lined up, and I saw Pastor and Brooke, and I saw Stacy and myself. Some of the elders were around us, and they were all up here, and we were all praying over them. I actually saw this thing in my vision, which I'll get to more later. And I saw us using this in my vision, the oil. And uh, he spoke so clear to me. He said, anoint the people to do the work of the ministry. Hear me. Anoint the people to do the work of the ministry. So this next thing I need to say is kind of hard as a pastor because I am one. But there's been way too much emphasis put on the church for pastors. We have our place, but so do you. And the thing is, is when it comes to pastoring, and if you ask pastor, and if you took a poll of other pastors, they would probably say the majority of their pastoring does not occur up here. It's a small thing that we get to do and have the privilege to do up here. But it's just a small moment. What takes place in our callings happens outside every day. And the thing is, is you all have been anointed. How many here are saved? If you die today and you say, I'm going to heaven and I know I'm going to heaven, is that you this morning? Then guess what? You've been anointed. And I'll show you how in a minute. But you've been anointed. As I began praying over that vision, weeks previously, I've been hearing messages about David. So I began to study about King David how many remember that King David was anointed as a very, very, very young lad? Now, this can be debatable. But however, I think we could probably agree that at least three times in the Word of God shows us where David was anointed. When he was a young man at a very young age, over all of his brothers. Everybody remember that story? Or they're looking for the king, right? And he sends the prophet. Nope, not this one. 
Nope, not that one. And he ends up with David, right? So what happened there again? Listen to my words. God sent the prophet and he anointed David with a purpose. Everybody say with a purpose. He anointed David with a purpose to be king. Now ask yourself this question. At that moment, was David king over Judah? Was David king over Israel at that moment? No. He was just a little boy tending sheep and cleaning up sheep stuff and all that, and fighting off bears. And, and he would soon fight one of the biggest battles as a young man that in our minds doesn't make sense. He would take on Goliath after that, right? So he has an interesting relationship, and I'm paraphrasing like in a rapid manner right now for the sake of time, and it's okay. It's not where we're going today anyway. But for the sake of time, David journeys in his calling and in his anointing to be king of Israel, even though he's not king of Israel yet. He has a relationship with the current king. The king's son is his best friend. All the while, he's anointed to be the king. But he's not king yet. Or is he? Think about it. Is he king yet in the physical realm? No. But God had already begun to do some things in the supernatural when he spoke the word and anointed David to move things and to set things in motion. The next anointing that we read about is when the elders gather around, the elders of Judah, and anoint him as king of Judah. Now, who anointed king, or not yet king, but soon to be king, David, that day? Maybe a trick question here. Any guesses? Who anointed David that day? Oh, it's so quiet in here. I love it. Your wheels are spinning. I can hear them. Who anointed David that day? God? God had already anointed him. God already anointed David through the prophet. That day, the elders recognized something in David and said, this is the man. They recognized the anointing that God had already put on his life and anointing saying, we see it and now is the time. Yeah, God was doing it. So you're not wrong, brother. But God was doing it. And the same thing happens again when he becomes king of Israel. He gets anointed again and the elders recognize we need you to be king over all of Israel, not just Judah. So you're saying, you're thinking to yourself, well, what are you saying, Pastor Jim? And how does this pertain to the vision? Is that God wants to do something today supernatural. And it has nothing to do with the man that's holding this microphone right now. And it has nothing to do with the amazing worship that we had this morning. But what it has to do is that Last week, we took time and we surrendered our hearts and we repented. And now God wants to anoint you 
through the elders and the pastors of this church. And you say, well, why do I need to do that? How many of you just asked that question? I'm going to tell you why you need to do that. It's probably not as much for you as it is for everybody. Because what happened when David was anointed? The Lord spoke something into him. And things began to set into motion in the supernatural realm for King David, even though he wasn't king yet. When you surrendered your life to the Lord, God began to speak into your lives and set some things into motion. Now, David walked through a myriad of journeys before he was ever officially king. But was that David's only purpose? Or was the whole journey his purpose? The whole journey was his purpose. Some of you have words and callings in your life, and you're like, will those ever happen? Are they ever going to happen, Lord? And they'll happen in his timing. But the better question is saying, God, what do you want to be to me and for me and through me right now in this moment? And you see, God wants to anoint you guys this morning as a manner of recognition for, the leader, recognition for the leadership of this church to say, we see you. We see your giftings and callings. And this church is called New Life Christian Ministries. And this church cannot be and will not be allowed to be pastor-centric. Do you hear what I'm saying? This church isn't all about the pastors or the elders, but this church is about the body of Christ. And it's the only thing that he's going to allow. And he's going to continue to make it very uncomfortable for us to operate any other way. He's also calling this church into a season of true apostolic anointing in the fivefold ministry. And the thing is, is we've lost the apostles and the prophets because somewhere they told us that's not for today. Well, that's a lie. There's some of you probably sitting in this room right now that have the call of the prophet on your life and maybe the apostle. And some of you pastors, you know it's okay to have more than one pastor in a church. There's probably many pastors in a church sometimes and they just don't ever get a chance to operate or function in their giftings. There's a lot of teachers in this place and there's a lot of evangelists. But the prophet saw David and said, that's the one. And I want you to know this morning that the Lord sees you. The Lord sees each and every one of you this morning. It says, I've anointed you. But you have to understand what that word means, anointed. So guess what I did? Come on, what did I do? I Googled it. <laughs> no. Well, kind of. I did use Google to get to my favorite Webster's Dictionary. Noah Webster. But all that word means is to smear, right? So have you, any of you been anointed here, by the way? Anybody been anointed here? Amen. So when you put this stuff on your finger... 
and Pastor smears it like he's got a great forehead. Doesn't he have a great forehead? So if I was to do that this morning and I was to smear his head, you could tell. You could see that he had been smeared. He had been marked. The word of God in the dictionary declares that you are set apart. That's what anointed means, to do the work of the king. We're born again, and we're new creation, and we're a new creature in Christ. That's what we're saying. I'm set apart, not for what I want to do, but for what you want me to do. But here's the thing. I want to share just a little bit of my testimony this morning. When I walked into that door, rather I should say when we walked into that door seven or eight years ago, we were looking for a new church, and I made a promise that one day I would visit this guy's church. And so this is the first place we came when we had the opportunity. And another friend of mine told me that said, when you leave this church, he was a part of our old church, by the way, when you leave this church and you go to another church, you, sir, are gonna cry like a baby. And I didn't know what he meant because he knew me and I cry at ET. So that's no big deal if I sit in the back of a church and I cry because I cry at everything. But I remember walking into the church and being greeted by all these amazing people and felt such a love of God. Right? And that's not the point was, um, just felt such love here. But I remember one day, where's she at? There she is. I got greeted by Elder Melissa in the back. And she looked at me one morning. She says, hey, man of God. And I looked around because I thought she was talking about my dad. I'm like, is my dad here? Because he can't be talking to me. But she looked right at me, man, like she was staring into my soul. You know how she does. Because she was. Like, the Lord was just using her, and she didn't even know it. How are you today, man of God? See, the thing is, is I began to believe a lie before we ever came here. Do you hear what I said? I literally traded the truth for a lie. I didn't believe I was a man of God. If you'd have asked me if I was a man of God, oh, yes, sure, I'm a man of God. Does Jesus love me? Oh, yes, I could tell you 10 scriptures and why he does and why he loves you so much. But there was nothing here, and I didn't believe it. But, boy, I could rattle it off my lips. And I traded the truth for a lie. And I'm not sure what I looked like walking into this church but maybe I could demonstrate for you how I felt like I was walking in this church just like this. Just a broken man. But it was a broken man that knew deep inside there that I had an anointing and a gifting and a calling. And it was an anointing for a purpose. Just like every one of you. You got a purpose. Because he's got a plan. But because the, the world and the churches got into this mode of being pastor-centric, everything becomes about the pastor. He has an anointing. He has a gifting. They have a calling. They have a gifting. But maybe I don't because all I do is I come to church. And that's all I do. But the truth is, is that's where I was being real last week. I don't want to do this anymore. If that's all there is, is just showing up the church. And trust me, this church and these messages that we don't have time to go through again have changed my life. And God uses church. 
But there's more to this than just coming here and doing what we're doing right now. You have a purpose and you've been anointed by God himself when he called you out. And I, you said that I surrender to you, Jesus. I see that I need you. You can set me apart. And he says, okay. And guess what? He smeared you. He put his mark on your forehead to set you apart to do work for him. Not just to sit in this church. And I'm not preaching at you this morning. Because if I'm talking to anybody, it's me. But we can't afford, and God will not allow us to stay complacent. He called us out of it last week. Now, here's the purpose behind calling out of that complacency, is that you've been anointed to do a work. And the thing is, you have to ask yourself, will I be willing to do it, or am I just going to be a consumer? I'm good at consuming because I like QP. I like to consume that. I like Lee's chicken. Tacos for sure. <laughs> Whoever whispered. And we don't have time to get into that day, but you weren't meant just to consume. When you consume the word of God, it's meant to fuel you. I'm going to say that again. When we consume and we take in all the stuff that the word of God is, it's meant to fuel us. It does things in us. It gives us spiritual and supernatural energy to go out and do the work that you were anointed to do. But here's the thing, and I just, this is probably where it gets brutally honest. So if this is the last time I get to see you and last time I get to stand on this stage, it's okay. Appreciate the journey and the opportunity. There's some of you that in sitting in here is, though today we're going to anoint you, I just want you to know that there's so much more that's happening than just a smearing of oil. There's some of you that are sitting in here and you're sitting in a broken place and you need healed. There's some of you that you are bound. There's some of you that are oppressed. There's some of you that are depressed. But the Spirit of God is saying today that when I show and you stand before men, I'm going to heal you. Because I need you to do a work. There's some of you in your physical bodies that need a healing. And God's going to touch your physical bodies today. But what's your spirit of expectation there's some of you that things have been lingering around you and your families, and those things are going to be broken this morning in the name of Jesus. And again, it has nothing to do with a person holding the microphone. Zero. It has everything to do with Jesus because he loves you and cares for us so much that he was willing last week to shift us out of what was normal. Or maybe that was normal. But he was willing to shift us out what we thought was normal. And now he wants to touch you. He wants to remind you that you've been anointed. And in the midst of that, he might want to heal you. He might want to touch your mind to say, you've forgotten some things in your life that I said. And you traded the lie for a truth. 
You didn't even catch it. You traded the truth for a lie. You've forgotten the things that I said about you. You've forgotten the things that I said I want to do with you and for you and through you. There's some of you that are bound up in here this morning. God says, I'm going to free you. But do you want it? You see, that's the beautiful thing about Sister Best's word and surrenders. Are you willing to wave the white flag this morning? Because we can have all the repentance services and we can stand up here and anoint you a thousand times. But if it's not in your heart to say, God, here I am. then there's no ground for a seed to be planted in for anything to fruitful to grow in. can't imagine what it was like to be David, to walk all those years from a child and the journey that he walked before he actually maybe got to what we would assume was his purpose. But at the same time, if I can just be real in this moment, there was a young man that one day in Southern Ohio stood at the bottom of a hill wasn't nobody at the bottom of that hill except for this young man. And he had secretively snuck out of his grandmother and grandfather's house a tape recorder. Yes, I said tape recorder. For you younger people that don't know what a tape recorder is, look it up on Google later. But this young man stole this. Well, he didn't steal it. Borrowed this tape recorder, and went to the bottom of the hill and he began to preach a sermon to the trees, all the while recording it on a tape recorder. And in that moment, this young man knew like, that there was a call on his life to preach the good news to the brokenhearted, even if it meant starting with the trees. That young man recorded that message on that tape recorder. And we'll go back and listen to it from time to time. I think at the time that young man was probably about eight years old when that happened. That same young man with that calling in the day that he felt like he got anointed by the Lord at the bottom of a hill preaching to the trees in a lot of our eyes wouldn't see the reality of what he felt that day. So many, many years later. But the question is, was that man anointed as a preacher or a pastor? Was he a preacher or a pastor that day? Or was he a preacher or a pastor the day that he walked into this church and another pastor said, I see in you, and anointed him as he stood on this stage a couple years ago. Was he a pastor only then? Or was that just the confirmation by the elders to say, we see the gift in you. And we join the anointing that God's already placed on your life. And now we mark you. 
And we smear you because we see that you're set apart. And that's what the leadership and the pastors of this church see in every one of you. We see you. Can you come up for a minute? Thank you. God, I just give this moment to you. These are your people. They're your children, Lord. But I thank you for what you're up to, Holy Spirit. Because you're up to something good. I know this isn't church or the way that I would normally preach or the way that most of any of us would preach or teach God. In this moment, this is about what you want. And then this moment is about you wanting a people that are full of life and rest. That they're whole, God. Their bodies aren't hurting, their minds are healed and they're well because you have a plan and a purpose for them, God. Holy Spirit, just begin to move all across this place. Before we pray over one person, God, or anybody that once prayed for, I thank you for what you're doing in them. I thank you for lies being broken. I thank you for generational curses being broken this morning over the lives of their families. Thank you for their bodies being made whole, God. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I asked the Lord this morning, like, God, how do you want to do this? I don't want to be out of order. And he just said, listen to me and follow me and I'll show you. So here's the thing. You don't have to come up here and be prayed for. And nobody's going to look at you any differently. I certainly am not going to look at you any differently because there have been times in my life that I would have remained in my chair. But if you feel like any of this is speaking to you, like, God, I know there's more. And I know I'm just been fighting an enormous battle. And by the way, there's many of you been fighting enormous battles in the last year because the enemy has been all over trying to stop your purpose. The thing is, in that moment, he began to, to get your gaze fixed on him. He got your gaze fixed on the problems and everything that's going on, and you forgot that the one person in whom all things are possible, you lose, you lost sight of. But some of you today are going to get an awakening in your spirit. Even right now, the Holy Spirit is just ministering to some people in this place.
God's reminding you of the young boy that stood at the bottom of a hill. Some of you are being reminded when you were younger in your mid your mid-20s and 30s of what God was doing in your life and you were so excited and you're like, where is that God? So this is what we're gonna do this morning. Just gonna ask Pastor Damien to come up here. I don't know if somebody can get Brooke or Reliever. If, if it's possible, I'd really like for her to be up here. If it's not, I understand. I want to invite my wife up here. I want to invite the elders up here. Tell you what, Elder Melissa, if you wouldn't mind just coming over here, standing by Stacy, and you just stand by Pastor and Brooke. So this is how we're gonna start this morning. If you're sitting in this North Sanctuary and you'd like to be anointed and prayed over then we want to do that for you. And again, it's not a matter that God hasn't already anointed you. It's a matter of that the leaders of this church say, we see you. We see you in your strengths. We see you in your weaknesses. But we're going to anoint you as a reminder But we're also going to believe God for any place inside of your life that needs to be touched, that he will touch it so that you can walk in the fullness of what Jesus has said. And here's the thing. In the midst of this vision that I saw, I saw the line getting interrupted at times and just random people being asked to come up. And if that happens, don't be mad, please. Don't be mad that they cut in line or they were asked to cut in line in front of you. Just be patient. And we have a choice here. How many appreciate if you look over to this side of the room and, and these people are looking at you and they have their hands stretched out and they're praying for you? Would that mean something? You see, this isn't just us praying. This is us. This is all of us praying for each other to say, I see you, brother. I see you, sister. I got your back. So while others are being prayed, would you join us in praying for them? That God will release whatever needs to be released. That God would do whatever needs to be done in this moment so that people can walk in their fullest measure. So that they can be anointed with a purpose to do the work of the ministry that God has called you to do. Some of you say, well, I don't even know if I've been called to ministry. Because you don't even know Jesus or you're not sure about Jesus, but you know you can this morning, and I dare you. That's right, I just said I dare you right now. That if that's you, you come up and get in line and you just say, I'm not sure, and we're gonna pray for you anyway and let God be sure for you. Amen. So if you're in the North Sanctuary this morning, if you wanna come, listen, we're not gonna hold microphones up here because the spirit of the, 
Prophecy is all over this place right now, and there's healing all over this place, and we're not, gonna, we're not going to embarrass anybody. So if we're live streaming right now, are we live streaming right now? Huh. Praise God. Well, if you're watching online, I apologize right now, but we're going we're gonna to shut down this service right now for the sake of ministry. But if you're in the North Sanctuary, you can come up and get in this line, or you can come up and get in this line. Don't be shy. If you don't want to, it's okay too. Listen, 